0: I'm not afraid of
1: Hello, and welcome to the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast, the only podcast that invariably always gets it right. My name is Craig (laughs) Cairns, and you have heard of the De Boers, you've heard of the Benders, you heard of the Azards, and the Pacshaws. I have got for you tonight the Andersons. (laughs) Hello, Tony. Hello, Craig. Hello, Craig. Hello, Craig. We've got the Craigs as well. Exactly. And we are going Such to... Such a bunch uh, of bland
0: guys, really. <laughs> all the same names.
1: <laughs> thanks, thanks, families. thanks, Tony. I've tried my best to jazz it up.
0: And no, no, you can't. It's told, impossible. Craigs it I'm and Andersons, we're all the same boring stuff.
1: So, yeah, we are going to... Uh, just a sec... Okay, I'm not going to bother to explain what's just happened there. We're just going to crack on with it and we're going <laughs> to go over the weekend's action, the Premiership action. We're going to start, do you think we should start with a live game on Saturday? Why yeah, they the hell Submiram not? One Rangers one, and Submarine continuing their excellent home form um, with a draw at home to two Rangers, as I said, uh, Ayunga opening the score in. And for a long time, it looked like um, Samiram were going to take all three points in this until a penalty award. Now, let's let's just get that out of the way quickly, Craig. Any any issues with the penalty award? <laughs> <laughs> was just, the only issue was that he didn't give it to begin with because it was yeah. a very. I mean, it
2: was I'm a very clear. booked him for diving. I mean, booked him for diving. It was a, I, 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 it was a very clear penalty. Um, I, I thought it was a penalty when I watched it and. and it amazed me. And and by the way, I, I did appreciate your little VR joke there. I hope the <laughs> listeners got it as well. Um but the um the penalty was um so clear that I can't believe they had to like send send them over to watch like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten replays. It's like walk over, right, that's a penalty back to the back to the pitch and, and give it instead instead of footing about. It was uh, it was a clear penalty, and it, it was a it was a, a shame for St Mirren on the on the basis that I think right up until they scored, and probably for the five ten minutes after that, they were they were very good value for it. But they did what they. It was a kind of microcosm of every single St Mirren season, and that recently where they started really well, you think they're finally going to do this, and then self 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 destructed a wee bit. The introduction of Bacchus I thought I mean and Bacchus is a brilliant player but to me it felt like uh, his his mind was in Qatar <laughs> perhaps understandably and I don't think he, he really gave the best of himself and I think they lost a bit of kind of momentum a little bit of control. Do you of think the that game. was the reason why he didn't play? Craig? Yeah I think it 100% would Because that's been. like
0: been one of your best but I was shocked I was going to say I was quite impressed Well, well, all sit there and playing, considering they weren't even playing possibly the. Their, their best team out there and I do think it, it seems weird that if you've decided a guy's head's maybe not in it to start a game probably means that you just don't bring him on whatsoever if you, you didn't really score to be yeah
2: I just I, I, I can understand why you would think well we're going to try and see a, a game against uh, against Rangers let's maybe bring on one of the best defensive midfielders in the league it sort of makes sense but um yeah that was not the reason they, they didn't win the game. That There is obviously a lot more to it than that. But They kind of let them off the hook, do you not think, Craig? Because I, th- I thought... it's, it's You
0: know the, the the rubbish that Johnson spoke about uh, a few weeks back about the old firm? I think this is where there is a point in it, is that when it hits the late in the games, despite the fact that you're under no... under any problems, no issues, you naturally start sitting back because you expect Rangers to sort of start throwing everything at you, but I think the only reason that happened was because Sit Miren kinda allowed it.
2: Yeah, they they it's almost it was about five, ten minutes after they scored, they just started to retreat, retreat, retreat. Because I said during the first half that if it had all the hallmarks of a of a proper last stand for a manager capitulation where you know, you know, like when Mowbray got sacked at also at that same stadium when they got beat 4-0 <laughs> when they just collapsed. And um it felt like, you know, if St Mirren got that first goal, which ultimately they did, um we we'll talk we'll talk about the <laughs> calamity for that soon enough. But um it felt like at that point Rangers might fall apart and it might be, you know, 2 0, 3 0, 4 0 um quite easily because St Mirren have the capability of damaging teams like that now. They their their form has kind of tailed off a wee bit recently, but they are still at home, a pretty a pretty tough prospect, and they do have players to take advantage of mistakes. That's what Stephen Robinson's teams have always been great at. Punishing. They're, you so, aggressive. You, they're yeah, so aggressive. They're so aggressive as well.
0: It's like when you've got the two strikers and a team and a manager who's so willing to sort of put the ball in the box that if you're not at it, then and the ball's gonna be bouncing around in your box all the time, they're just gonna take advantage. Second
1: balls, they'll they'll just eventually kill you. Tony. Will either of these managers still be here when we come back after the World uh, Cup?
0: Uh, well, I think Stephen Robinson absolutely will, will will still be in, in no, position. He could, he
1: could he maybe get pinched, no? Oh, I don't know. A I few think jobs. Still, is, 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 is that right? Who's he been I wasn't suggesting he was picked. going to get sacked. Who's, who's he been linked with? Uh, Northern Ireland. Uh, All right.
2: Was it Luton? He played for Luton for a while, so it was, it was um, their manager just went to Southampton. So they did.
0: They had that that guy who just doesn't seem like an English Premier League manager by any stretch of imagination. I may be wrong, but it just made. I saw him to tell like, what's going on. Sorry, uh, but there's the Northern Ireland one. I mean, if that if that's right, then he might find that extremely difficult to to turn down if if, if he gets offered it. And I didn't rule like, out
1: when he was asked a couple of weeks I, ago.
0: I would also quite like to see a Stephen Robinson type manager at international level because you know we always talk about Scotland. Um, we always want Scotland to play the sort of Scottish way when they go into international. I would love to see Stephen Robinson bring his style of management to the to the international stage and see how certain countries sort of deal with that it's like aggression and the guys that he would decide to pick up there. Uh, Does his main have
1: a Northern Irish granny?
0: <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, but with Van Bronckhorst, I mean, the only thing that'll keep him in a job from what I'm hearing is they don't want to pay him off because it's meek stuff. He's, I was going. To, I was going to come on to talk about Van Bronckhorst, and I was trying to work him out because I don't want to be disparaging. I mean, what he achieved last season in that European run was was, was superb. And uh, but it's like he's quite. A, he's a relatively tactical manager, but he doesn't seem to really have a style. So we talk about the the negatives of the managers who are sort of really wedded to a philosophy and how that can sometimes work against you. But I think with Van Bronckhorst, a team like Rangers. When you're going to be on top all the time? I mean, we're going to come on and talk about Martindale, and this he, there, there might be elements that, that would be similar for him if he moved up a level. That I, I've heard people talk about, but with them not having that sort of like really clear style and and like vindication in, in what he wants to do, he sort of played the matches in Europe game to game, used the crowd really well, uh, and even when he went away for home, it's he didn't do numbers a lot of the time. I know the Dortmund result. Uh, was a bit of an outlier, but a lot of the other games they were they were losing 1-0 or picking up a draw and then they were just like using Ibrox to to sort of blow teams away in the second leg. But I don't really and I've never really against like Celtic in the cup last season, he done really, really well there. That was quite a tactical victory that he got in the semi-final. But I've never really thought how Rangers play under Van Bronker. It's all about just moments, a bit of quality, and he's doing that thing now. Where managers do, I'm going to come on to talk about that with with sort of Lee Johnson and, and Lewis Stevenson, but with the Kamara being plucked back into the into the starting lineup, that always screams to me a guy he well, didn't fancy. That's a manager who's on his last dance. He doesn't really know what to do, so it's not working with other people. So he might as well bring in Kamara. And I thought, I thought Michael Stewart made a really fair point about Alex Lowry I, I, uh, on Sports Scene because when you're struggling, I always think it's a good time to bring in a young attacking player because he's full of energy. He wants to go for the game. He's desperate to impress. And other players are sort of falling by the wayside and look like they don't want to be there. And that's maybe the best time to try to do something a a bit more left field and bring someone who hasn't been tainted by years and years of of, of football at at that level. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to work now. And the longer they, if they're going to hold off because it costs 4 million, then it's going to cost them So they're not going to win the league. I probably can't see them winning a cup and it'll cost them a lot of anger anyway uh, at Rangers. But with the two Champions League places, the board might think they can get away with it um, for the rest of the season and then make the change at the end of the season when maybe it's it's a bit cheaper. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centres or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of
2: America and A, member FDSE.
1: You have to add on Rangers Craig or should we move on to the next match?
2: Just, just to briefly, it was meek and and I think that... that Van Bromkast is not a, a character, his character doesn't come across as particularly um, inspiring, and I mm-hmm. think that's maybe what you've seen. I think there might have been a bit of a carryover last season of just a continuation of what Gerard was doing really well anyway. And, and the players were just kind of playing, not playing for themselves, but you know what I mean? Like they, they, everything was in place. They just kind of, he didn't change that much, he made small changes here and there. And then the players, it seems like, i have just just—I've just not taken to Van Bronckhurst at all. There's no... I think Ewan mentioned this, like, there are so many individuals in that Rangers squad that you know are better than what you're seeing from them. And, yeah, they've not been helped by the injury situation, the fact that they're having to play um, Leon King and, and James Sands as it was at centre-back in this game. Clearly, two, two substandard players for this level. They're not premiership defenders. Sand's just not good enough full stop for rangers um king obviously a very young player that might grow into it but that was a, a catastrophic error by king
0: decision is unbelievable just just
2: just get rid of it you know you, know, <laughs> yeah, you, you talk be... about you talk about naivety and young players and stuff and and range and it's it's Scottish players now that are coming through are being coached, you know, players from the back and all the rest of it. But I don't believe that at, regardless of what level you're playing at, you're told to take a touch in your own six-yard box and you're defending... Like a, yeah. a, rebound. A, defending a rebound. Defending a
1: rebound. At the same time, and this doesn't count for this exact moment, um, but it speaks to a larger problem. He's getting spoken through the game by James Sands. I mean, and, and the crisis for Rangers started... I mean, the real, like, visible crisis, if you like, started when Conor Goldson Yeah, yeah out of that team. If, if um, you had Goldson
2: and King, I think King would, would look a lot better alongside ooh. him, and that's one I'm saying. I'm not writing him off as a player, I just think yeah. he's been put in a very difficult position to be suddenly relied on. Any young centre-half, I don't think, unless they're, unless they're, like, clearly going to be the next, you know, the next big thing, which I, I think he's probably somewhere in the middle of being maybe the next quite good defender, then... You don't want to have to rely on them for a big run of games. You want to be able to dip them in and out, and they've not been yeah. able to do that. And he's he's probably sunk us, man. He's probably sunk a wee bit. Um, his career will probably come recover from it. I wouldn't worry too much about that. It might not be the worst thing for him. Assuming he's okay, we've not heard anything that you know a, a wee spell out the team. He's obviously there's also a break anyway for a month, and maybe one of the other centre half's back can take the weight off him a bit, um, but. Yeah, nah, Ranger's just just no good. Like there was nothing about that performance to like. Um I thought Kent Kent had some bright moments. Um, he was probably. But they just the funnel
0: everything through him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like if if you give a player of that quality the ball every second you have it, then yes, there'll be there'll be bright moments in there. But the real the Relying on him constantly, I don't think it's good for him because he just no. he just has to. They, you just go people just double up, triple up on him, and then they have nothing on the other side that takes advantage the fact that they've got all these other players that by theory in theory have to be free because you're doing that.
2: I think it's it's something that's overlooked. It's like some players are good players when they're used sparingly and when they appear in the game sparingly. Um I talked about Jordan Jones a lot. I think Kent's quite a similar obviously better, but a similar player in that if you constantly have to keep giving that player the ball they can look uninterested and all the rest of it because they're just knackered because they're just like constantly having three players around them all the rest of it and sometimes you need um, spread the creative creativity and just having time on the ball around the team but no there, there's nothing else to say about this Rangers team every aspect of it is broken and needs a new manager and I think I think they'll get one
1: Right, I think that's enough Rangers. I think we're getting a bit obsessed there. Let's move on to the basement of the division where Kelly ensured they will not be bottom when the league resumes after the World Cup with a win over Hibernian. It was a penalty from Daniel Armstrong that won the game. We'll stick with you, Craig. Was it a deserved win?
2: (laughs) Barely. Uh, No, no, I don't think it was. Um, It was a draw. It was a nil-nil draw that game um, all over. Um, Kelly did not create much at all in the way of chances in the whole game. Um, probably, pr- it came at the absolute right time. The result because I think Kelly had been doing pretty well up until that Livy game. Even the St Johnston defeat wasn't the best, but the the last two performances were were rank rotten. This performance was was marginally better. It was there was all the things you want to see from your team if you are battling at the bottom in terms of desire. The the defensive performance at the end was was resolute. There were mistakes, but everyone was putting their bodies on the line. But Hibbs made it very easy to defend against. Hibbs played into our hands at the end with just you know shelling balls into the box. If you've got centre-halves that are just wanting to head in and put the ball away, we brought Ash Taylor on to help with that. That made it very easy. But I think we're halfway through that Kyle Lafferty uh, ban now. And I think uh, that, that's a good sign because we've, we've managed to win two games without him. Ennis Cameron, I thought did alright in this game, he, he's clearly not going to be the answer, but um, he he gave the defence, he kept the defenders quiet, or sorry, kept the defenders probably kept Portis quiet, if occupied, you know what I mean, which is, yeah. a, it's a weird thing to say because, <laughs> you know, Portis is a centre-half, but we know that he can um, given time, can create things and, and he wasn't really allowed to so there were things to like about the Kelly performance, and there was obviously loads of changes, uh, Liam Donnelly probably had his best game for a while Fine, he was probably made made to look easy for him again. Fraser Murray came back in the team. I think he's he's the fact that we've got another option as a wide player made a difference. He had a good game, I thought. Um, but just just on the whole, I was glad to get the win. But uh, like a lot of it, it didn't exactly. It wasn't exactly an enthralling performance. But sometimes you just need to win games. Yeah, especially when you're at the,
0: at the at that end of the league, you've got to take advantage yeah. when you when you have teams that are in sort of free fall, If you like, and, and that's what Kilmarnock were, were able to do. Before we go on to the the VAR decisions that I know Craig me, me you were going to talk about, I was
1: just going to talk about Hibs pretty briefly, just o- overall. That was uh, my next question, Tony.
0: Oh, thanks. You, Sorry, you, mate. You Sorry, don't, you
1: don't have you don't have any faith in me. No, it's all right, Continue. Uh, just continue.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's just. Um, I think like overall we're seeing now that i totally with with the Ron Gordon show at Easter Rubia, we can still see that the same thing's happening regardless of the manager and regard I mean we're talking like it must be kicking around 50, 40, 50 players have been brought in since Ron Gordon. I might be going over the top there. I didn't check it, but I think everyone knows there's been a lot of turnover in in players there. And and I think what's what's really frustrating if you're a, if you're a Hibs fan, especially is that it's like we had the Petri years where everything was about penny pinching and and like living within your means, but like maybe even beyond living within your means, and it was all about infrastructure, and everyone moaned about that, and it was very unambitious. Now we've got the other the flip side where we've got someone who's willing to invest. The money from scene tickets is getting invested back into the club. Um, he's doing some things that people might think are a bit funny, but at least they are attempts to to sort of boost attendances, he's rebuilt all the hospitality, he's trying to make more money out of sponsors, all the business side, which is great, but he just doesn't seem to fucking accept that he needs to hand over the footballing side to guys, his job's to go and find the guys who can do it properly and build an infrastructure in the football side, and that's what's completely lacking, I mean, we don't, anyone that has any sort of faith about can sell just because he was in English football, I think would be, and my my impression is that would be like misguided, and then obviously you've got his laddie at the at the at the top of the the sort of recruitment chain, which is ridiculous. Johnson coming in being told that he needs to sort of train him in a an recruitment thing, which is funny because now managers don't really do that as much. So you're asking a manager <laughs> who doesn't really do that as much anymore to sort of teach someone else to do it. It doesn't make sense. So it's very frustrating when you see the club sort of being ambitious and willing to spend money. I mean, some of the the wages is is eye watering, but uh, but it's not being done right in the football in the sense. So it all meet, it's just like you have the same problem. You're signing the same standard of player, but you're just spending a hell of a lot more money doing it, and then quickly coming on to Johnson, who deserves a, a lot of criticism um, for 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 recent performances. He's desperate to make changes. He done that Lewis Stevenson was one of our better players on the day. Don't get me wrong, but whenever you see Lewis Stevenson coming into the Hibernian midfield, it means things have been going wrong. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's the Tony, sign. Was, like,
1: <laughs> you know that I don't. I don't cover this league uh, this season. But I, I got back into the car after. Um, after sorry, to interrupt you with, but after no, the, covering the game that I was on, and um, had the radio on just as I was kind of driving home. And I actually laughed at the mention of Paul Handlon, and then like later on when I watched the highlights and I saw Lewis Stevenson, I kind of chuckled again. I thought, "How are Hibs still here?" Uh, it was it was a joke about four years ago that yeah. they still had David Gray, uh, Darren yeah. McGregor. You know what I mean? And it's like, why are these guys still? And not only that, they're still the two of the most reliable players that <laughs> you've got. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then and then we are seeing like with Hibs, is that things were going pretty well, and, and it's like when we made all these 15 sign-ins, at least three or four of them look good. And obviously, some of them are guarantees, like Marshall and Boyle. They're not really, you don't need a recruitment team to, to work out that these guys are gonna improve you. Uh Cabraja, he's not perfect, but he certainly looks like a very, very good football player. So there was elements of it that that I liked, and the, and the guys up front, the the big man Mick, he 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 seems like a good player, but we were playing a four three three, and that was working. And obviously predominantly we like to play down, I think as Lee Johnson calls it, a bomb alley, which to me and you is the, the flanks. Uh, and it was always about doubling up in those areas. So you always like to, and we were doing that really quite well in the, and especially on the good run there were still elements not perfect but you could understand it if you want to play predominantly down the flanks I don't understand why the 3 five2 would be the the formation you would you would go for and now before even when you had Yuhan who wasn't very good but because he has so much pace with him and Boyle, teams had to push back you know like so Hibbs would always be able to press teams really high they had to make they had to make changes to their systems just because of the the style of player Hibs had now that that's not there. And we're being forced to maybe play through teams a bit more. It's it's really not working. We're playing this way. Campbell came back in. I quite like Campbell. I think he was good. He was the right choice to be there. But, but no McCurdy, no Boyle. No, you and it's like there, there's no, like there's no reason for a team to not push up a bit and not get involved in the game a bit more so I just think tactically he's he's getting that all wrong now and it was going well before with the 4-3-3 I think maybe you, you bring in certain different players but I don't think you change rip it up and start again and from the second he's done it we've won one game <laughs> since he's done it and I know this in Johnston game and submitting game, has played pretty well for periods but it's all went wrong, and now the problem is is Hibbs were playing quite well, they still had flaws, but they were doing good, they looked like a team that was going to get better and better, and now he's made those changes. We had a few bad results that we would probably were the better team in. Now we're going down the way, now we're playing shitter, and now we've got these six, six defeats and seven, with that fixture list coming up, it, it almost looks like curtains for him, because if he loses the next three games, which is very, very, very possible, playing the old firm Hearts and Livingston, then, I mean... Ten defeats in the living games is sackable for any manager on the planet.
2: Yeah, and and the, the thing that struck me from Hibs is there was no creativity at all. All the chances that came at the end, in it. Was, I think I think Johnson used the words of peppering the Kelly goal. He got a bit of criticism for it, but I kind of agreed with him that he did they did pepper the goal in the mm-hmm. sense that there was lots of balls being flung in, flung across. McCurdy was being very direct. McCurdy's not good. He's not um he doesn't seem to have any creativity. I was expecting a bit more of that, but he's quite direct and he, you know, hits balls hard and low and plays like percentages and, and I can imagine him actually that could be useful. But Kelly were not Kelly are not exactly defensively solid, but we weren't, there wasn't ever a threat of cutting his open. It was just like lots of through balls and low balls and driven balls and things mm. that our defenders could clear. I mean, obviously, we watched you watched Chris Stokes last week on Evil to do that. But on the whole, if you put balls across a box, defenders will punt it clear mm-hmm. and just asking us to keep doing that. And and we did. Yeah. Um, I think again. I'll, I'll mention Lewis Mayo. I think I think he has has something really about him. Um, he's someone I really like. Um, so, but but on the whole, Kelly are um, were able to play defend well because Hibbs didn't do anything that challenged us
0: very very quickly. Like, I mean, we didn't do the VAR thing, and I know we've taken too much time on this because I ranted on about Hibbs there because it was more opportunity to do so. Uh, but. Um... Obviously, we had the the the, the goal disallowed from Merkerson. That looks looks like it's onside. If it was given offside on the on the pitch. It does look like they're level by the lines. But Craig, I was going to defer to you because you know things that most of us oh, yeah, don't. Yeah, read. so
2: I was. I mean, for, first and foremost for me is that's a very tight decision, and mm. and I think the way because the cameras can't be perfect. They can't do it perfectly. They've not, it's not within the capabilities of any technology that exists. Um, this automated stuff coming in, Champions League stuff, but up until now, what we've got, what they've got in any league, they can't make the decision perfectly because the ball, the, the frame rates of cameras, all the rest of it, there's lots of articles about that. So for me, when it's that tight, you should be deferring to what's been given by the guy who's standing in line with it, looking at it because they they've, There's not not evidence to overturn, just like anything else. They want to treat it as factual, and they are still treating it as factual. The difference being in Scotland that they have these thick lines, and if the lines overlap at all, then they're supposed to basically say it's onside, which will give a lot of goals. I don't really agree with it because, again, I think what happened should be that um, the linesman says it's offside, it's pretty tight, we've not got evidence that he's wrong, it is offside. That must have been the tightest possible decision to not be given on site, to be honest. Um, I think Milkersen's knees may be just ahead of the back heel of whichever of us defenders it is, but it was the only time Milkersen created anything half-decent in the game, and unfortunately... He's got over-a-kick, remember? <laughs> well, yeah, no, that was nice. There's like things about him when you go, do you know what, you can see why have uh, mm-hmm. sent him, but... The rest of the time, you're like he's just not got the minerals. He's not got the physicality. He's mm. a young player. He might he might develop that, but what, someone what who could have the, done.
0: What about the penalty? I,
2: I think it's it's a weird one, right? In that it, it is a penalty. The the decision's correct fundamentally for me, but would that foul have been given if they'd known it was in the box? I don't, I don't think so. Now that's you, people talk about this all along. Yeah, about, yeah. You know It should be a foul wherever it is on the park. The assistant flags for it. I don't know what the fuck Michael Stewart was watching. He clearly flags to give the foul, not to give a corner. See, this,
0: this is this is what this is what I wanted to check because that was my impression. So I was like, I don't like it, but I was like, it is a clear novice error because he's given a free kick and it's inside the box. So if you so there's a debate if you give a corner if it's a cleaner officer. So I, like I I got that. So when he said that, I was like, all right, that's different from what my interpretation. Well, I don't like it as a penalty. I don't really think it. But I think you're right. Like the the rules would probably stay as. And I think when you slow it down, especially there's there's slight contact and all that. But um, yeah, I think
2: he's given a foul. The the assistant flagged for it. It probably is a foul. Just about. Mm. It's soft. It's not exactly a um, a, someone that I knew that used to referee with used to say, well, you get soft boiled eggs and hard boiled eggs, but they're both still boiled, and it's Mm. kind of the same thing. Like it is still a foul. Referee banner. (laughs) uh, Yeah, brilliant, world class. But but once he's (laughs) once he's given the foul. Then VR looks and says, "Oh, that is in the box." Yeah. Then so that's it's a penalty. Why does, of... does
0: it fucking take so long?
2: Because two, two and, I, like, and a half two, minutes. I watched two, it. Yeah, I don't know what they were looking at. Because um, if, if <laughs>
0: again, because it's not the clear, and obvious error thing. It is basically because he's given a fill and it's in the wrong bit and It's in the box. So there's it, that should have been like fast as anything. But
2: yeah, I mean, like well, well,
0: oh, sorry. I, I mean, I'm taking up too much time here with this game. Uh, and there'll be ah, plenty, right. there'll plenty, plenty right. more to talk about VAR I'm sure Craig so don't worry
1: <laughs> exactly yeah it's, it's all good stuff and plus as we were as you were mentioning before we came on last week there was endless kind of goals and action to talk about in this week it's it's not been quite as exciting it has been more I mean, that uh, fucking game was uh,
0: dreadful really and it's so <laughs> Craig, Craig's so it's, opening, opening sentence about it was nil nil every day of the week
1: is so true. so true so um so us talking about decisions a wee bit more, I don't think that's really a bad thing. We do have to go through the remaining matches a little bit quicker than we otherwise would have, though, but I, I think I think we'll be okay. So we'll start at Pataudry. Aberdeen are third after beating Dundee United in the Saturday evening kickoff with a Bojan Majovski penalty. Of course, he scores every penalty that he takes other than the one that he missed. And United are still a wee... <laughs> Still to win away from home this season. Uh, so are Kelly, as um, Craig will know all too well. Does any there's, there's one other team in the league who has a worse away record than United. Anybody want to guess who they are? St. Mirren. It's Mirren. St Mirren, well done. Ooh. Same talking, number of points. They were,
2: they were talking about it on the... The telly and like they kept going on about their brilliant, brilliant home record, brilliant home uh, record, okay, brilliant home okay, record. So yeah. I didn't so,
1: realise it. like from I wouldn't have known otherwise. It's the same number of points. So whereas United's is a, a win, so uh, St. Mirren's is uh, three draws, or is it the other way about something along those lines. Anyway, no one's I no, of course it's three draws for United and the win for St. Mirren. That that's where their points have come from. Um so aye, let's talk about. Sorry. That game. That's probably where the ad's <laughs> going to go in now, because I've left that gap. Going Let's to be, talk like, about Fowler's balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tony, um, Aberdeen are in third. We're going into this uh, World Cup break, whatever you want to call it. Um, Jim Goodwin's first full season in charge. Is it? Is it pretty much job done so far?
0: I think if you're, if you're in third at this stage, it can be, but they'll be... They'll be like any team that would be up in third just now. You'd, you'd be disappointed because any team could have, if any team was playing really, really well and had any real sort of consistency, home and away, you could actually be safe in third. The fact that even uh, like teams like Hibs, St Hearts—I mean, none of—they've all had bad periods uh, in the season, and they're still well within the capabilities of reaching that. And I think Aberdeen. Will be disappointed in that, but there is no doubt that Jim Goodwin, from what he took over and what he presided over towards the end of last season, and this has made a huge difference. They are much better to watch. They they take advantage of teams' deficiencies, and when things go Aberdeen's way, they're really really good at sort of compounding it, and they get a, they, they've scored a hell of a lot of goals, which always helps with the punter down the pub, because you go away and you've seen loads of goals or loads of talk about. And I think that actually buys you breathing space when the times go, might go a bit awry. And I do think stuff like that's really, really important. The perception's huge.
1: They've made going out and spending money on your attack look easy. I mean, how often do we see teams go out and do it in Scotland and and it fails, but they've gone out and taken two gambles. And okay, the jury's still out in some ways in the two of them, but you can't argue with the return from the, with the two of them so and far. And they're both they're brilliant fun to watch players.
2: together. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, fun exactly. players, which yeah. is, is uh, you know, you get boring, efficient, good players, but both of them, yeah, that there might be might be rough edges, but um, especially Duck, I think he's been a fantastic signer. I really uh, love watching him play. Um, and he wins a lot of fouls, and, and obviously that was what led to the, the. I mean, no doubt about this one. He's he's maybe been criticised for um, the way he's won penalties before, including last week. But this one was this one was a, a definite penalty. And but again, a, a again is it's there a
0: game? Is a game that goes past? And not, normally when you talk about goalkeeping errors, you like. You, 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 there's a lot of uh, exaggeration when when you talk about them, and I'm, a, I'm an expert on goalies being shite for your for your teams. Through, when I was born and, and the team that I've watched, people would always say every game it was a lie. It wasn't really. It was like maybe five or six, maybe even seven over the 38 games. It's genuinely every fucking match, though. It's like, like he's <laughs> he's going to cost them. Like they could go down without. They, they, he could be the difference between like seventh in 12th, which just sounds like absolutely ridiculous, because you can just pull out of that, and it's dude, they must have watched how easy he goes down, he likes to buy fouls, this is something they must have been talking about in training, all week in the build-up, and he's still like the most naive he's going nowhere, all he wants is for those hands to come out, and he, of course he fucking obliges, of course he does
2: It was, yeah, and I actually thought United were alright in this game, like, I don't think if they have a good goalkeeper, Jury's still out in the manager as well, and maybe maybe the defense is a bit rickety, but I do wonder how much of that ricketiness is down to the, the goalkeeper situation because middle to front, especially at the end when they were chasing the game, they they created chances, they they looked you know the the good players in the team looked like they were doing good player things. Um, you know, um <laughs> Levitt, McGrath, these guys are creating opportunities and if they keep creating enough opportunities, they will score goals and and that's great for them. And I do think they are on the precipice just now of like those three or four games after the World Cup but before the transfer window might say a lot because will they get detached and the confidence is down even by the time they even bring in another goalkeeper, assuming they do, it'll be too late? Or will it be a case that you know they, they keep themselves in touch and then bring someone better in and, you know, cruise away. Um, The league's really tightened up, like, Mm -hmm. I don't think even any team, there's not a team in the league where you're going, you know, they've got no chance of the top six, and that includes United, like, um, it just will depend on that, but Aberdeen deserve to win this game just about, I think, but they they, they weren't, I mean, you've seen them absolutely blow teams away quite a few times at Petaudre this season, and, and they didn't do that, and Dundee you Knight know, got hits. better
0: as the game as the game yeah. went on as well, which is a bit unusual for them because obviously confidence is such a year problem. But just before you go on, Craig, just really quickly, just Dundee United's biggest problem is they still have just glaring gaps in their team. There's nothing wrong with like they've got some really good players, but it's just the same things every week where you're like, that's a problem. They still lack that. They still lack it, lack a goalkeeper, lack there's sort of like powder puff in the middle of the park when the going gets tough. There's nobody that really Takes responsibility and maybe doesn't push forward, like and and they and and the holes get loved that they can pick off. And like you're saying, the defense just isn't great anyway. And when you add a calamity goalkeeper there, that's why I couldn't believe the Graham one where he ducks. Surely, surely, if that goalkeeper's behind you, you just take the responsibility and just fucking head it away and don't rely. <laughs> even if you think no one's coming. Just always focus on heading it up the park. But I interrupted you, Craig. So on you go.
2: No, no, no. I mean that's a, that's a fair point. And, and yeah, the wing backs are the other positions, I think they're they a wee bit weakened. But they they could they could probably be passable. I think they they are. I don't think their team is going to get detached.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, at all that, this I think that, that's something I was going to say about Dundee United is they do seem to at least be picking up points. It's quite erratic, but they're still keeping themselves there. Nobody's getting cut adrift. And we're now in a unique season, or a, a, the unique part of this unique season, in that um, teams, especially for like new managers, now got a chance on the training pitch. To Nobody's away on international duty, really, other than a couple of players. Um So Fox is one of these guys that's probably really going to welcome having that extra time to, yeah, exactly. And then it gives you a lot of time to potentially get some business done uh, obviously, You're doing it now. You're doing it now, though. Yeah, you doing the negotiation. Nothing can now. really happen until January. But um... so they'll have a goalkeeper so... surely in place at
0: midnight <laughs> on New Year, <laughs> The bells go off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone's everyone's getting off each other, and then suddenly, yeah. but there's a Dundee Ray goalkeeper already in Our... place with gloves on the front of the courier. <laughs> Alan Temple with a cuddle on him. That, that's what that's what I'm expecting at <laughs> Hogmanay.
1: So yeah, but everybody's in the same boat. So it's going to be interesting to see what all teams come back after after that spell. So we'll move on to the next match. And St. Johnston won, Motherwell won. And St. Johnston were third at one point on Saturday. It was a check on my phone that had me questioning my sanity on Saturday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> they, they, uh, they, I mean, how has how that happened? Like, as we've been saying, there's there's nothing in it again. There's just like nothing in it between a lot of teams this season. Um, they took the lead through Dre Wright, but it was really some great work, a trademark shimmy, if you like, from David Witherspoon, Qatar bound David Witherspoon that got the, that got St. Johnston in the league, You were wrong, Craig? you
0: were wrong Craig Anderson
2: a decade ago, you were wrong.
1: <laughs> Things don't change in a decade.
0: <laughs> I love it.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased for him because like I thought like when, when it got to kind of, you know, September, August, September time and he still wasn't back and you're like, is, is, is he going to be fit? Is he going to make this? And I kind of assumed at that point that was going to miss out seems to be a really popular player around the camp which I think has probably helped him a lot and he's got the 26 so good on him four, four Scottish players going to the World Cup is quite um, it's quite, quite an interesting thing to happen <laughs> sadly none of them for us um, but uh, he, he had a good game Um I assume the decision was already made but if um, if it hadn't been then, then he definitely did everything to show it. maybe the opposite situation of Bacchus where he's like, I, I really need to just get these minutes under my belt and show the manager I've still, still got this in me and yeah, um, I, I thought the criticism of Liam Kelly for the goal was a bit unfair because the defending, the really shit defending is what causes that to look like a bad save to me he has a shot hit i pretty hard from mm-hmm. 10, 12 yards away, I think saving it, you know, he probably should save it, but I don't think he can be expected to get too much more of a parry on it because the range of the shot is just such that he's just got to get his hands to block it. I don't think yeah. um, I think that was unfair. Um, and, and even at that, he wouldn't reaction... get any time
0: to start thinking about the technique of his dive and how he's going to get rid of it. He can only concentrate on fully reacting. A shot coming towards them and it was lovely skill from Witherspoon. But to see Solomon buys it, I mean, the guy's sitting on his arse uh, by the by the end of it, which is uh, which makes him is look it, a fool. It's
2: the only it's the only thing David Witherspoon does. Like <laughs> is it, it's like it's a trademark Witherspoon chopper, whatever they call it. Like. And, and it, it's one of these things, it, it's like Archie and Robin cutting in on his left mm-hmm. foot, like yeah, everyone exactly. knows what's happening, but they just kind of stop it. it, every time. Wotherspoon, yeah, does it in, yeah.
0: Wotherspoon does it in slow motion all the time, it's really, really slow, I love it, I like it when someone obviously figures out a skill in, in their own sort of way, it's like a, it's a classic skill, the drag over, don't get me wrong, the roll over the ball, but he's got his own sort of interpretation of it, and and it's worked for him so many times, and
2: it's he's a very elegant player to watch and it's yeah. all upper body. That's what he doesn't, he doesn't sell it with his feet, it's his upper body. Mm. He's obviously, he could have been a ballet dancer in another, uh, another life, I think. And, um, he's going to be on Strictly,
0: going to be on Strictly after he finishes playing.
2: After, after he wins the World <laughs> Cup with Canada and people, people <laughs> in the rest of the UK actually know who he is. Um, but it's but a,
1: but a crack yeah, and run uh, for St. Johnson. They probably didn't want this break to come. I think it's five five unbeaten or something Yeah, and, at the moment. And then... they've started
2: to get players back as well, and I, I said, and I still agree that I don't think the squad's very good, but they have been able to get the pieces together and fit them together well, and and it kind of, it's reminiscent of obviously a lot worse than the cup winning team in the sense that double cup winning team, in the sense that all the pieces are now melding together <clears throat> really well, like the players really complement each other well, um, and that's. Good for them. Um, Mother will are, are the, the polar opposite. They they will be delighted just to add get a two, point.
1: Two seconds. I just to, before we move on from St. John's, I, I think it's weird because we're talking about Dundee United not having a defensive midfielder. St. John's are in the same position, but seem to have seem to have got around it somehow. Sometimes they'll play Ryan McGowan and they're not will work. In other games, they'll have like a midfield two of Carey and Halberg or something, and that will somehow work. So yeah, I don't know. They've they managed just to get around it.
0: It's like, because because the the shape and the style and the tactics are all about sort of tightness and shutting up short, they probably don't need a specific guy to to hold the fort in that position because the team's designed to 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 sort of repel it. And it and there's no, it's never going to be a doubt. I mean, St. Johnson are a are a defensive team, and that is not a criticism. They they are. That's what they've Davidson's built all his success on. But they did look like they lost a bit with uh, Mitchell's absence. Got this mm. weird sort of situation where he play, Liam Gordon, who's his captain, plays, but they actually look look worse, and he doesn't have the same ability. I imagine it's one of those that if Mitchell's playing, St. Johnston probably sort of go on and and, and win this game, but it was a, st- another stodgy, horrible game. Molt starting up front with Van Veen. We've got an expectation that, especially after the Hearts game, there was bits to like about uh, those two when, when Molt came on, but I think Molt really, really struggled by all accounts, but again, he'll be he'll come up against less stingy defences than than St Johnston over the season.
1: Are Motherwell the team? <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Are Motherwell the team that should be worrying the most at the moment? The the the
2: break came at the perfect time for them. I. I think we worried about them at the start of the season when they they were obviously they were god awful in those European games against like when Alexander looked to have you know, kind of lost the plot with them. They then obviously brought Hamill in, which was a, a good move or or at least a good move in terms of making the change. I don't know if Hamel's gonna be the right the right man or not. But what, what they've ended up doing is like the results have just drifted and drifted and, and they're really not winning games anymore. And and yet yeah, that point will make a difference in terms of a wee boost and they really need to get on the training ground and Change things, I think. I think the problem with that front too is Van Veen doesn't want to run and Mo can't, so <laughs> you're kind of losing a lot of mobility um, as a result. And Shields can probably run, but has nothing else. So and Van Veen doesn't they, want
0: to pass him the ball. So.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so probably quite rightly. Um, but there's, um, they they need to they need to probably focus on on the attack um, as much as anything. I think the defense isn't great, but. You can get away with a not great defence as long as you're creating chances, because then other teams start to worry about your attack and you know don't attack you as much. I think just it, exactly what it's I was awesome. talking yeah, about yeah.
0: with with, with Hibbs earlier. Exactly that you you create a, a fashion where your your vulnerabilities can't be got at because people are too worried about your about your strengths at the other side. And with Van Veen there, if you can complement him, um, and I know Spittle started to come on to a bit of game, and I thought at first it was like one of those. I thought we got a classic Spittle goal where he hits a free kick and everyone misses it, and it goes in, but then it, uh, like a cross, but then I noticed that it was actually a shot that, that takes a, a massive deflection, but, um, yeah, I mean, to Johnston, you just, you always just have to doff to, to your cap to them, because they do it nonstop. and we thought we got rid of them last season, <laughs> but <laughs> they've pulled it off, and now, they'll probably end up finishing fucking top six, and, other teams are going to get manager sacked
1: because of that. Back in Europe. Another <laughs> yeah, yeah, DVD. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah brilliant.
1: <laughs> right, let's move on. We've got two to go. Let's go on to Time Castle, a match where Hearts managed to get a point from without actually scoring, going by the highlights package that I watched. Tony, is this a match where Livingston can feel hard done by that they didn't take all three points?
0: Um, I think with the way that the game landed, they, they said they'll be hugely disappointed. I mean, the hearts a lot of times this season, I think their mentality's been great. They've proven it. I, I, went, I said a huge thing about Nielsen when, when I was on last week, so I'm not just going to repeat that, but the the mentality of them is great. But there's a flip side where I think a lot of teams have let them off the hook at this season, and I think this is a, another case. I mean, if you're missing a penalty against 10 men when you're already 1-0 up, and then multiple other chances, you can't really deny it and I think Livingston played their way into the game it was a proper Martindale sort of performance you know the the, the master class I suppose is what you call these things the the sort of hearts I thought actually started the sort of better team as you would expect at home uh, against Livingston they were getting quite a lot of joy down the left-hand side Mackay was getting into the game seeing a lot of the ball and the hearts were really really focusing on that one side Um, but as the game went on, and Shanklin missed a really good chance, which was a really lovely sort of uh, build-up for that. But then maybe about 30, 35 minutes in, you started to see Livingston defenders being more willing to step out. So when hearts were playing into to Shanklin's feet, Fitzwater and Obelai were willing to step in front of them. Or um, What's the left-back's name? It's not Penrice anymore. It's the the new guy. I've forgotten his name. Give me two Montano? seconds. Uh, yeah, Montano. Yeah. He 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 was he's not new at all, but and he's been excellent this season. <laughs> well he's new new
1: uh, new to the left back. New to the left so back. He, he spot, was slot this season. He
0: was more willing to step out and he was starting to dribble down the left in Livingston. You just see they were they were growing and growing into it. Martindale doing the usual, where you're like, ah, all right, so Bruce Anderson has been playing really, really well <laughs> recently. Uh and now he's gonna just be dropped out the team and he made and Pittman suddenly got dropped out the team you know he, he does this he made a lot of a lot of changes specifically for for this match but they they make sense he loves andrew shinney in these sort of games where they go away for home uh Easter Road Tyne Castle Ibrox you know like, like they he, he really likes them, I think because he likes the quality so when the ball goes into Shinney when they when they're sort of way more intricate moving up the park, they get a bit more space they, they sort of move into Shinny like that, and and has been great at that. You can also drop in the midfield, and he's probably got better defensive nous than than Bruce Anderson will. And and again, it worked for 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 Martin Deal, and, and I thought Livingston were impressive at points, as they as they invariably are. And um, and then the second half, they scored a, a really nice goal. Ball played over the top, nice touch into um, Kelly, and then it's an absolutely brilliant finish. Uh, but the goal for Hearts, man, they are my, like, I mean, I don't want to get into the VAR stuff and all the, the things that Martin Martindale was saying that were, were possibly right. But just to talk about that finish, they are my favourite goals in football by a mile. The absolute near post hammers that just, like, they just flash it in there and you can't even see what's happened. And then uh, Hearts sort of steal a point at the end. But Hearts did have a few more chances on top of that. I thought Hearts were poor, but they still probably had enough chances to deserve
2: something from the, the game. My input, we're, we're rushing for time, and my irre- irreverent, irrelevant input is that um, I, I'm very confused about the names on the back of the two Kelly strips, because uh, Stephen Kelly just has Kelly on the back of his strip. Sorry, Sean Kelly just has Kelly on the back of his strip, and Stephen Kelly just has S. Kelly. None of that's is it just... So... It's not S.T.
1: It's not S.T. It doesn't look like Sir it. Unless, no, it's not, unless, right. unless
2: I'm missing something, but um, right. maybe it is, but it doesn't look like it is. Um, I was trying to find a picture of it, but Kelly definitely just has like Sean Kelly definitely just has Kelly on the back of his. So who knows what's going on there? Um, I Livingston will be will be raging about that. Mm. But I, it's, it's like you said about the character of Hearts, it's, it's twice this season they've salvaged a point in the very in the last minute of stoppage time. Nubly just
1: won just, just last won the week playable. The week before as well, <laughs> 10 men against... Uh, Motherwell. Motherwell. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, a result which
2: showed a lot of character also. Um, but yeah, Lovie should, should have won the game on the basis of like, not only did they have the penalty, but they had all those breakaway chances. Nobody mm-hmm. was at the centre of them all. And then it's just a one attack. They, they don't defend it well, but then also, I mean, you don't expect Gianelli to slam that in. You're, you're kind of happy he's shooting. Um, That's one in a hundred for him. Um, but yeah I, he's, been, he's been huge for
0: Hearts this season because that was someone that was getting edged towards the door and this is what happens sometimes when uh, when a team has so many injuries and they have to start looking yeah. back on someone that now he's even G- had his own and then <laughs> now in that spell uh, yeah, now basically he's still a squad player I think with it when all the players are back but I think now they've had the fans and the management team will all be on Ginelli's side and it won't be as frustrating he's had much more of an actual impact I thought, like, even the fans, when he missed that sitter before he scores, the goal, the ball gets flashed across, he missed a sitter, and he ends up in the crowd, and everyone's sort of patting him on the back to keep going. I was like, that's a difference. I mean, Fowler was speaking about on a podcast about Rocky Bushuri and Tori Sibick about the, the sort of change in narrative around these players and the fans sort of coming together. I think there was an element of that. He comes and he's missed the sitter in the la- very late in the game and The fans are patting him on the back and we keep going, Josh. And that thing, and that the fans are, are sort of going his side. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, hearts make um, it hearts, hearts still somehow making it work. Um, and you never, you absolutely never know what's going to come when hearts play. But I found myself, I really enjoy watching hearts games because the other teams are in them, it's not like hearts are ever turning anyone over, and they, the games end up getting really, really end to end. And with hearts being quite vulnerable defensively and still having like quite a lot of quality going forward it means that every game there's the hearts games have about 30 shots in them every single week <laughs> uh, and there's decisions and stuff so they're quite um and that towards the end of last season hearts got quite boring to watch because obviously there's really nothing to play for and teams weren't really arsed about it so um yeah they've they're, they're, they're good value to watch at the moment hearts is a is a neutral
1: which i am not really but you know what i mean Yeah, Janelli's certainly an interesting one because he he had to kind of bide his time to get his chance this season. And then since he's had his uh, chance because of fitness issues, he's had a couple of niggling injuries himself. But that's just kind of been his career recently. But yeah, when he is on form, he, he can be somebody who is an option in a different couple of positions. I mean, he can sometimes play like he did at Ibrox through the middle and be an option for in behind with his pace. He can be an impact sub. The guy does have a bit of quality. He's just obviously not done it consistently enough for Hart. So, yeah, went on for him. He can be be a good player. Let's move on to the final match. And that is Celtic 2. Ross County 1 Celtic continuing their dominance. um, Only looking like one winner for the league at this point. Nine points ahead going into the break. And, I mean, do you know what? We don't... We don't really focus too much on uh, decisions and VAR. We try not to uh, on this podcast, but it's kind of inescapable with this one. Um, although, were you disagreeing a little bit, Craig? Should we go to you first about this one? Did you say yeah. that you, you maybe had a bit of sympathy about why this one was given?
2: I I think under the rules it probably is a penalty. I don't I don't agree that it should be. I think the rules are shit. Like I think yeah. Is it a deliberate handball? Of course it isn't. Does Matt O'Reilly have any intention of playing the ball with his hand? No. Does Matt O'Reilly put his hand there because he thinks he's going to block the ball? No. And that's what the handball rule should be. But is where Matt O'Reilly's hand is placed a natural position for a player's arm to be in, in that kind of defensive action? It probably isn't. And it's that interpretation of what is natural that's the problem I have with it because I think they take natural and I think the intention is for natural to basically mean is your hand kind of by your side? side when yeah. you, when you, you saw, it, I don't know if the Kelly Hipsky and Fraser Murray went to block a ball on the edge of the box and he was literally running out with his hands like clasped behind
1: his back yeah, and
2: yeah. both cannon off him and, and they obviously they, yeah, they and he's
1: struggling went in. And he, and, yeah, he's losing balance because of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, um, I don't I don't agree with it. I
2: don't think it's how it should be but I think and I, and I specifically especially think given that the referee on the pitch gave that as a penalty, I don't disagree with the decision not to overturn it. I think they shouldn't ever step in to give a penalty in that situation, but when the ref actually awarded it kind of live, I I don't see how VAR can not, they can say it's not a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I think I think the whole impl- implementation or interpretation of that rule is, is nonsense, but the, the referees can't, Actor, you know they can't make up the rules as they want them to be yeah um, are yeah. just such a fucking
0: uh, just I, I i just we've done it enough times but i mean i hate VAR. it's really it's actually starting to get to the point where it's not just because there's been a couple of decisions recently that that i've went against hibs it just for the word go i was really upset about it and it's starting to ruin the game it's ruining the, like the the spectacle for for people going and it's starting to get borderline a bit upsetting because it's shit it's just shit and it's ruining something that you love and that you spend so much time with um, and it's unfair on every single person, including referees. It's shit for them, and and it's like, and it's not done anything to remove like any of the controversy. It's added controversy, if anything.
1: And it's just, and uh, a lot uh, of the people that were moaning about it before it came in were right. I wasn't one of those people. I was one of the people that was just staying quiet about it. I mean, I I'm not as anti-var as some people on the podcast, but I'm anti. VAR that's a shambles. I mean, yeah, the VAR Light and was always, always had a horrible like, run and horrible ring to
0: VAR Light. So we're yeah. getting a lesser system with part time uh, reps in a, in a country that's very volatile about its football and, and decisions. Exactly. Just, oh,
1: it's just going to be. But terrible. this one that we're talking about is more to do with the handball rule. And mm-hmm. again, as we were kind of talking about just before we came on air, I was saying that, or was I actually asking the question, is it because we have spent years rewriting it and rewriting it and now we're we are at the point where that cliche that used to just be empty and meaningless or nobody knows what the rule is that's actually the reality now nobody Mm. knows because everybody's got a different interpretation of what it is and to go go to what you were saying about natural the the issue with that is that there's no context to what natural means so natural okay, it can mean arms by your side, but natural should mean relevant to what you're doing in that moment. So natural yeah. can mean an infinite number of things, basically. it's like Ber- I- Bernabe for that penalty last week when he was
0: jumping. He had his elbows out like that because he's in the midst of trying to hit yeah. a ball. He missed it. Yeah, so in exactly. that situation, I do think that is a natural place for your arms to be. But those penalties get given, they do get given a lot. And again, I didn't think that was a penalty... But it is a lot of those get
2: given because of that rule. But, but again, that that one to me was a lot worse than this one on the basis that the ref didn't give that. Mm-hmm. When the ref doesn't give it, it's not it's not glaring. Don't don't get involved. VR is not meant to get involved. Mm-hmm. and that's
1: the big issue as well. The, and the, and that,
2: that's why this one it's like clear and I, I, you thing. can talk about that. If VR didn't exist, that was still been given as a penalty, and it and it, it was awarded as such But I think you're right, Craig. The, the way the handball rule is at the moment, it used to be. Deliberately handles the ball now. Very rarely do players actually deliberately handle the ball, but the the one that was more um, more frequent was, um, you know, made their made their body bigger in an attempt to, you know, you know, make themselves a bigger target to block it. That is that is what it should be for unnatural. And then you're saying, well, did that player run? You know, did that player make any effort to not be hit by the ball? Do you know what I mean? Like, did they run with their arms out doing a star jump? They're not trying to handle the ball, but they're, they're making it possible that they yeah. do. Or is their arm just up because, you know, they turned round and it happened to be, by mistake, flailing about? And that's the that's the problem. But too many people whinged and moaned about, why is that not given? Why are the rules not clearer? They've tried to make them clearer. They've made them ten times worse. And I said to you before we came on, I think it's going to come to a head big time at the World Cup. There's going to be some ridiculous interpretation of it at the World Cup. And and I think we'll see another change. I don't think the change will make it any better, personally. Celtic two beautiful goals. Um, Yeah, they 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 are just miles ahead of everyone else in the league. Um, That's that's the fact of it. Now they've they've stumbled a wee bit in terms of how commanding they've been in these games um, leading up. That was always
0: going to. That was always going to happen. You know, I think Andrew's done really well in terms of last season. Everyone used to talk about the. like maybe he was asking too much of them and they were looking tired and all that stuff. But you can see that that's not been a narrative at all this time. And with having the um, with having the full pre-season, a proper pre-season with them, you can see how much fitter they are as a team. And they don't really have any sort of, I've got no worries about them being able to continue. Even with the congested fixture list they just had there, they've never
2: really missed a beat. We have to play them twice in six days in January. I'm really looking for that. All the cup, best. Cup, semi, cup semi-final in the second one as well. But um, nah, the, the Turnbull goal, the movement and the move is, is fantastic. Nice to see Turnbull get a goal. I think it's a shame for him in particular because I think he could have done with being involved in this Scotland game. But um, obviously, flying him out to Australia, much more important. Um, And Haxabanovich, I think he's got the best feet in the league. Oh, um, man. His finish is, um, is incredible. Um, That's a contender the way he from- digs it out
1: goal of the season for me just the the build up and the finish it's just that it's got one of those lovely sort of the, that last pass before he the first mm-hmm. time finish I love that sort of I don't know how to explain it properly. It's like poetry but the aesthetic, almost, the way, like, the aesthetic yeah, yeah. of him running in the same direction as the ball coming to him. I don't know. It was just and, and yeah, Mal- Malcolm, really really
2: nice. Malcolm, I like Ross County. There are a lot of criticisms of how they play, but he does seem to know how to set a team up mostly Absolutely. to play at Celtic Park and, and frustrate them a bit. A they, team that didn't want the break to come. Yeah, they didn't, and they didn't do anything. They didn't necessarily create any chances apart from you know maybe one on the the break and plus the the handball decision that they didn't, that there was no chance there, that was just, uh, it was going on lucky dip penalties, a bit like the Kelly one, it just appears out of nowhere, it's not related to the game in any way whatsoever, just a penalty appears and there's a goal, but um, they they did kind of frustrate Celtic quite a lot, but the problem is, when you're playing against a team with that quality, it doesn't matter how well you structure things, they'll find ways to score and that's what we saw but I think they, yeah, you're right, They they've done well in the last few weeks and I think they would have Happy to play a few more games before the break, and we can only hope that the break
1: destroys them. <laughs> and on that note, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know where to go from there, really, other than let's get the fuck out of here before he says something else. <laughs> um, thanks everyone for listening. If you want, uh, if you want more, you know that you can jump over to the Patreon, and for as little as two pounds a month, all the way up to seven pounds a month, you can get lots of. Extra content and that's uh, patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast. Otherwise, the guys will be back on this feed on Thursday. And all we've got to do now, guys, is just say bye and get out of here. Say bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast
0: Network. Plus.